0: Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long.
1: Let's go! Let's get this show
0: going, man. Hurry up! Hurry up! The Rookie Fever podcast. We're just having fun and we're working, baby. That's it. Hey, baby, they come. Wait, till-
1: Welcome to the Rookie Fever Podcast. I am Mike, the Fever's Fanero, and our 2023 Rookie Player Profile Series is coming to a close. I hope you have enjoyed listening to all of them. As much as Swagzilla Zero, G and I have enjoyed putting them out. We've had one special guest after another, after another, since early February, and tonight is no different. So buckle up for one more 2023 Rookie Player Profile. This week, I have Matt Donnelly at the Dynasty Viper network and fantasy points you can find him on twitter at matt donnelly ff that's two n's two l's by the way and right here with me tonight to bring you a player we can't leave this profile series without matt how the heck are
0: you i'm doing good i feel like i have to go with a nickname here like matt the dinglish donnelly or something i'm just trying to go with the fever scenario type theme here uh uh, speaking of feverish, I think I've been going in and out of a fever the last couple of days, dealing yeah. with dreaded man cold. That seems to be going around quite a bit around this household. I mean, I think we're up to like 10 or 12 children here. So you're <laughs> bound to catch something going around the community in this house. But uh, we're here. Uh, it's been too long since we've done this last time. So yeah, I'm excited about getting into this, this wide receiver that we're going to talk about right now. Nice, Matt. Let's get right into it. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready to go. Rookie (laughs) Fievers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. All right,
1: please tell all our listeners who you chose and why.
0: I am going to go with jordan addison out of the university of southern california you know the line you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain and we do this all the time when we're talking about prospects when we're talking about even in the national football league if you are good and we've been talking about you since you were 18 years old even if you're good at 20 we forgot about how good you really were yeah i think people right now are forgetting how good Jordan Addison really is. Other names, uh, JSN, he's coming up. Zay Flowers, he's coming up. Quinton Johnson's name keeps getting mentioned. You know what? When we talk of these wide receivers, I'm not going to say that Jordan Addison is the wide receiver one in this class. I really think that the way that this class breaks down, you could make a very valid argument for all four of those wide receivers to be the first wide receiver selected and to be the number one fantasy receiver selected. And I don't know if it really matters where they go, because that's how good they are. But we don't have that top billing of a stud. We've had some great wide receiver rookie classes the last few seasons. This one almost comes across as a little underwhelming, even though the wide receivers are really good. And the problem with all that is when we're used to having excellence each and every year to talk about, if they don't meet that expectation, we're not talking about it with the same amount of hype. Now, I use the theory, like, you set the bar low enough, eventually you trip over it, and everyone praises you for your contributions. You set that bar too high, you never reach those expectations, therefore, you never accomplish what you're set out to do. And that's basically what this class reminds me of. They're all good receivers, they're just not into the previous seasons that we've talked about. And Jordan Assen in particular, we're talking about a guy who broke out at, like, 18 and a half years old. Now he's coming out of his junior season out of USC, transferred from Pitt. And we're like, what have you done for me lately? It's not (laughs) like he had a bad year. You look at the statistics from a freshman season there at Pitt, 60 catches, 666 yards, 11.1 yards per reception, four touchdowns. Then as a sophomore, here's where he gets the hype. The 2021 Beliknikov Award winner as the nation's top wide receiver, all ACC, all American, led the FBS with 17 touchdowns, sixth in the nation with 100 receptions, fourth in yards with 1,593 that worked at about 15.9 yards per reception in 14 games. That is hard to top. That is a great season. And then you look what he did as a junior. All he did was go out there and make first team all Pac-12, which we don't even talk about. He's still one of the top pass catchers in the Pac-12 He missed three games, so he only played 11 versus the 14 he played the year before and somehow came away with 59 receptions, 875 yards, which worked out to 14.8 yards per reception, and he had about 2.64 yards per route run. That is not a bad season. That's a pretty good season, but it's not where he was at Pitt. And he did that at Pitt with a quarterback named Kenny Pickett, Mm -hmm. who basically led the Pittsburgh Steelers at one of the more – Unexplosive, underwhelming offenses as far as big plays are concerned last season. I think they had like seven touchdowns of more than 20 yards last season. So Kenny Pickett is not exactly an explosive type uh, quarterback. But Jordan Addison, you look at those numbers, 1,593 yards. But it's not just the catching. It's what he can do after the catch that separates him from the rest of this field.
1: Love it. Love it. So you can't read a Jordan Addison profile without seeing the word smooth. Is Addison the best route runner in this class?
0: I would say it's down to him and uh, Smith and Jigba, right? They're both very good wide receivers. The difference is in college. Now I'm not going to say JSN can't be a boundary type wide receiver in the national football league. He's got all the skills to do it. He just didn't have to do it as much in college. He was more of that slot guy where Addison Lined up inside, and he lined up outside. When you look at his strengths, you like talk about how smooth he is—a smooth operator, there, easy separator, polished and technical route runner. Those are the things, the words that come to my mind. His separation skills at all three levels—they are done at an elite type level. I don't use the word elite pretty fluidly here, so it kind of loses its uh, kind of meaning. But you watch him and how he attacks leverage, changes his tempo and his IQ to kind of manipulate defenders there, and then you watch the film, especially on those post patterns and the acceleration through the stems, and you can see why he is as good as he is, why he gets all those big plays each and every year.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I wanted to definitely cover his production profile, but I feel like you hit that at the top of the show. My 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 primary question was going to be uh, about the drop off. You mentioned the the lack of the games. Was there also an element in there where USC used them? Maybe not the same way. Or do you think that's all just the missed games?
0: So I like Jordan Addison. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because we've seen what he did at Pitt. And there's no question what he was able to do at Pitt there with Kenny Pickett, but the other people here that we look at the profile and I'm going to look at this ranked 20th in yards per game at 79.6, despite catching passes from the best quarterback in college football last year, Caleb Williams. Right, right? right. You could argue he was the best. So there was that drop off. You went from Kenny Pickett to right. Caleb Williams and your production actually dropped as right. far as your yards per game and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But here's the big one. USC averaged 96 more passing yards per game in the three games that he missed. So that's where the devil's advocate kind of comes into the Jordan Addison profile. Yeah, And I think that's probably because teams focused on Addison. They knew Addison was the go-to. And when defenses kind of scheme a ways to take away a guy – they take away that guy and the quarterback is probably going to look at forcing himself to a playmaker of Addison's caliber and then when the quarterback loses that playmaker he has to find other ways to distribute the ball. Look at Justin Herbert last season when Mike Williams went down, when Keenan Allen went down there was a slight drop off but not much other players were getting the ball the Chargers offense may not have looked as good but the production was still there and that's kind of what happened here at USC. Teams focus on Jordan Addison getting the ball, the quarterback feels like he's obligated to get him the ball but when he's out of the lineup now you can spread the ball around and you don't teams, like okay who's gonna beat us this time we don't know where that alpha male is going to be so we have to try to focus elsewhere and try to figure out who that guy is going to be when you don't know who that guy is going to be
1: well, wow, that that's excellent point, and and it makes a lot of sense because the quarterback thing, you're right. It's it's almost like devil's advocate. It's just like, well, hold on, he's with a better quarterback, and his numbers go down. But like you said, he missed games. There also could be a chemistry thing between the two of them, right? Um, so he was with Kenny Pickett for two years, so. It could, be, it could be the newness of that. But I, I think all your points uh, you won't find on a stat sheet that really do add up. They make sense. All of that makes sense. And you can't just, because he had a quote-unquote down year, just dismiss the 1,500, practically 1,600 yards. We're not doing that for JSN. Um, <laughs> Chad Router had him mocked as his wide receiver one. And he honestly, he's been mocked as a wide receiver one just as often as JSN. Uh, off the board at twelve to the Texans what do you think about
0: that spot you know what I go through this I go who needs Jordan Addison Right, yes. You want to see who needs him. Yes. There's not a team that can't use him. That's how good Jordan Addison really is. You look at how he fits different schemes. He can fit any type of scheme formation that you want to run because of that versatility, which is another one of his strengths. He can play inside. He can play outside, and he has that diverse route tree. So there's not a team that he doesn't make sense for. And when you talk about Chad Router having a number one, I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah has about number one or number two. I've had Addison from one to two to three to four throughout this draft process because I think that's how close these wide receivers really are. And I think Addison and probably Smith and Jigba, they're not, and maybe even Zay Jones to a degree, they're not really dependent on where they land, where Quentin Johnson maybe is a little bit more so because he is that big, tall, wide receiver that I really like. I mean, Johnson's profile is exactly what I like in a wide receiver, except he's more limited on the teams that he can really excel with where these other wide receivers can really excel just about anywhere and I really like Addison because I think he gives teams a little bit more versatility and how they want to use them and how they manufacture touches for because this is a guy that not only had some attempts there running the ball but they used him in the punt and kick return game as well so he when you look at the strengths and the weaknesses again You look at his ability to return kicks, that run after the catch, great vision in that open field, the ability to change speeds, that sudden burst as a ball carrier. I can see the Texans taking a shot. of him Now, if the Texans don't get their guy, Bryce Young, or whatever it looks like, I mean, very interesting here what they could do it to. Say Bryce Young goes to the Carolina Panthers and they're stuck with C.J. Strode, right? Then J- Smith and Jigba is the guy. I think you take at twelve. You get the quarterback with his wide receiver in college, and everything's happy. Mm-hmm. But now, if you get Bryce Young, then Jordan Addison becomes a definite option there at twelve, and then it becomes interesting. This Texans offense starts to look a lot better than people give them credit for with the Nico Collins, John Metchie there. Then you throw in um, one of these other top wide receivers, whether it be Jordan Addison there with a quarterback and Damian Pierce. I'm like, all of a sudden, Dalton yeah. Schultz there at tight end. Now you've got yourself a good offense not only for fantasy but for the national football league too so lots of different things i can see addison going at 12 i can also see him dropping off going to seattle with that second pick in the second round or the first round there i could see a team like the baltimore ravens possibly going even after him even though they've already got odell beckham jr even though they already got rashad bateman there addison still fits into that whole system how they Absolutely. want to do things so Like there's not a team. The only team that maybe doesn't make sense for me for him is the New England Patriots, where wide receivers basically go to die. Right? (laughs) That's basically you don't want to see there. But for me, on a personal level, I really want to see Jordan Addison go to the Green Bay Packers, just because of everything that Aaron Rodgers has put this franchise through. Uh To have him traded and then select a wide receiver in the first round. (laughs) I mean, that would just make draft week just that much more special.
1: I was daydreaming about that a couple weeks ago, too. Um, All right, so you cannot do a Jordan Addison profile without addressing the elephant in the room. We need to talk about his size. 5'11", 173 pounds. That's light. Even... even Devonta Smith, who he often gets compared to because of his size, was heavier than that, not significantly, but was. Tell me about his size. Tell me about the concerns or lack thereof you have about his size.
0: Yeah, okay, so I just got to tap on some of these other weaknesses here that I kind of jotted down Go here. For Good it, yeah. hands when attacking the ball. Some drops due to concentration on passes he probably should have caught. Injuries, he missed time with those ankle and those leg injuries back in 2022. And then you come to the size. Now, I'm reaching here for a lot of these weaknesses just to give him mm-hmm. some weaknesses because he's yep. not a perfect prospect. But like you said, 5'11", 173, slender build on top of that. Contested catches – become even more contested at that size. So he's going to need to rely on the speed, quickness, and route running to make up for that strength, especially earlier on in his career. These corners are going to want to press you, especially if you're going to play on the boundary. If you're going to play on the outside, there's going to be press coverage that he hasn't really maybe seen as much in the Pac-12. Let's be honest There's not a whole lot of defense that goes on in the Pac-12. So when you go to the National Football League, these corners, especially if they know you're a top prospect wide receiver, they're going to want to try to make a name for themselves off of you. So that's where things get a little bit interesting. I am a little bit concerned about that. I really am. I'm worried about – he's kind of got that profile there. If a corner tries to get a jam on him and miss, he's gone. However, if the corner gets a jam on him, they can rub him off the wrong way. They can keep Mm -hmm. – jam him up at the line, play is dead. You've only got three seconds to make a play as as a quarterback of the National Football League, and that's if you're lucky. So if you get jammed at the line of scrimmage, you don't have a release, you're going to find yourself in trouble there as a wide receiver. So then it becomes a contested catch. A lot of these teams like to go to these lanky, bigger corners now. Well, we know that Addison can attack the ball as good as any uh, wide receiver in this draft class. The problem is when these corners are just as big and stronger and have more length than you, attacking that ball because it's not much more difficult, especially if you're not a big body wide receiver. And that's going to be a concern for Addison that he's going to have to deal with. But he also dealt with that in college. You heard Bryce Youngs talk about, he's like, I've always been this size. It's not like Jordan Addison just sh- shrunk in college. He didn't just sh- lose four inches. I mean, he's always been small. He's always been slender and he's always been productive. But will that translate at the next level against men? I don't know. So it may take some time for him to make that adjustment. Uh, Like most wide receivers, rookie wide receivers coming in, you may not see that production profile take off until week seven, week eight, week nine. So if you're drafting him for whatever reason, say you're drafting a redraft league, not even a rookie draft. If you draft him, with the intention of him having a breakout towards the back end of the season like most of these rookies, don't drop him from your roster in weeks five, six, and seven. And then wonder why he takes off in week number nine when he's on someone else's roster at that point, right? So that's kind of my concern. You're going to there's gonna be some growing pains with Addison based on the size of him learning to use that size to his advantage in the at the next level.
1: Love it. I love the uh little bit of redraft device in there as well. Um, so you said he's you mentioned in there his weaknesses but then you said you know he's gonna have to win with speed and route running and then then we have to talk about the combine now right so he's small so he better be fast right so he doesn't test that way so we we aren't worried about his straight line speed i get it so as far as being 70th percentile in the 40, I guess that doesn't matter. But NFL.com put his athleticism as 44th in this wide receiver class. I mean, he didn't really show up in the combine and tell Matt Donnelly, don't worry about my size, Matt. Look how athletic I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things is going to the relative athletic scoring, right? I mean, yes. you look at that Orascore score, 5.92. That is average, to put it at best. <laughs> 1,246 out of 3,048 receivers from 1987 to 2023. That's not good. That's not a first-round athletic profile that you're looking at here. So I know where we're going at. You look at what he did. At 173 pounds, 4.4940, 10 yards split at 1.56, the broad jump at 122, the vertical at 34 inches. What I saw on tape, I seen – a bit of a burst when he got the ball in his hands. I didn't see that burst from this athletic testing. These are not burst-type scores. So if I'm looking at this as a broad jump at 122 and the vertical at 34, I'm not thinking about a guy that is going to blow past me at any level, except we see it on the film over and over again, not only in the ACC, but in the Pac-12 as well. So I agree. this is one of those really rare where the numbers don't match the film. And this is why a lot of people in analytics fight film people and you've seen the film versus analytics battle going on twitter on social media but how often do we see an absolute unicorn of a tester go yeah. on and do nothing in the national yeah. football league and i'm looking at the las vegas raiders here because they're pretty bad when it comes to this they draft guys for speed that absolutely go nowhere in the national football sure. league sir sure. so i'm not too worried i get why there is concern about this why you this is one of those reasons why jsn why flowers why Quentin johnson may have an advantage of them going into the draft but again just because you test well in your underwear it don't mean you test you're going to play well with the shoulder pads on it really comes down to that i mean we we have the technology these scouts nowadays they've got tracking systems in these shoulder pads they've got the actual uh next gen stats going on they can tell you what a player's real game speed is not how well they run in a speedo so i mean (laughs) we love it i mean it's for our entertainment right the draft really is for our entertainment and really outside of maybe making a distinction between one or two players here and there. The draft is really, or sorry, the combine is really only good for getting those interviews, getting those medicals in. And if teams find out that his ankle and his leg are good, they deem them good, no no medical red flags here, I'm not too worried about his testing. I don't think scouts are going to be too concerned about his testing because they've seen what he can do on the film.
1: I was just about to say, you know what man, like if you're being picked where he's projected, the NFL ain't worried about that athleticism, right? We we went through a draft where I think Marquise Brown was like the only first round wide receiver, and it was a, it was a, it was a crappy class or at least the NFL decided it was. There's there's almost always, I don't think I I don't think I've actually seen one mock that doesn't have Addison and JSN going in the first round. Um so I feel pretty good about that. Um there are like you said average speed wide receivers that are just technicians. If you didn't have that technician label on him, then yeah, absolutely. Cause then he's not going to win with athleticism. And you're right. If you watch his film, you see an athletic wide receiver. I mean, you just, you see, you see a speedy wide receiver. So I'm going to give him a mulligan on the test if the NFL
0: does. If you're going to be in a, an average athlete, as mm-hmm. far as the testing scores, you better have one of two things, an ability to separate or, a wingspan of like eight feet so mm-hmm. you might have some wide receivers that don't test really well but they can jump decent they've got good hands and they can get up in the air you see like deandre hopkins not a great tester not a burner on the field but definitely a alpha type wide receiver yeah. and then you've got these other wide receivers that we look at addison here and maybe he's not fast by i mean really 4.49 we're not considering that fast anymore right yeah watch me run the 40 on on loop and then you'll understand (laughs) how fast 4.49 really is it's fast it's these other things that he does when we talk about him he's how he separates how he runs those routes how he makes those moves at the stem how he manipulates the coverage how he gains that separation that is the key here how are you going to get separation from a defender you can do it a couple different ways either with size with speed or by being a technical route runner and that's kind of where ass slides in there who's got decent speed
1: yeah he loves to manipulate defenders he's very very good at it you can tell that I think that's going to be I know you said that there was going to be a little physicality um, concerns early on where he's going to have to learn to maybe do some things different because the NFL is so much faster and bigger but I do think his understanding of routes, the route tree, all the manipulation that he can, that he can do is going to compensate for maybe that time. I agree with you. I don't think we're ever going to get um, an Addison year like we got from Skymore. I think we're going to absolutely see a lot more from Addison year one.
0: Well, and when I, one of the good things is when I look at Addison, I look at his game, I don't think of him as a big-time alpha type wide receiver in the National Football League. I look at him like a Tyler Lockett type player. By the way, Tyler Lockett, he was a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy. He has that potential each and every year. We've seen what Tyler Lockett is, undervalued, underrated each and every year. I think Addison has a lot of Tyler Lockett in his game. His ability that where his motor never stops when he's on the field. His ability to go, hey, you know, we're in scramble mode. I need to work my way back to the quarterback. That's where that IQ kind of comes in. I see a lot of Tyler Lockett in Addison. I think if you can get a Tyler Lockett type player, you're going to be happy with that.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. If you um if you could choose the best landing spot, I know you said early at the top of the show you said, Hey, any team could use this guy, but if you could find if you could pick like the perfect landing spot, what team would you like to place him on?
0: I think the best place would be a team like the New York Giants. Mm. Now, if Daniel Jones doesn't become the new David versus Goliath and take down Goliath, and when I say Goliath, I mean the Giants himself, because <laughs> of this contract seems to cause a little bit of a turmoil in that locker between Dexter Lawrence and Saquon Barkley and all these other pieces there. <laughs> yeah. If you look at that wide receiver, they're solid. There's some good receivers in there. Wondell Robinson, a good athletic guy that they can manufacture touches with. You got Barkley running the ball. You got Darius Slayton who had a good season. Isaiah Hodgins is that big guy there. But there's not that... I'm the main man type thing right there, right? There's not that main man going on there. I'm like, you know what? Addison could be that main man if you let him be. He would be a good compliment to a guy like Wandell Robinson, to a Darius Slayton. The only problem is none of those guys are big either. Right, so it's going to be what can Isaiah Hodgins do for me? Uh, I do like Baltimore as a possible landing spot there with Rashad Bateman for those two to kind of grow together with one another. And Odell Beckham, he's he's there. He's he's thirty-one years old, coming off like two ACL injuries in three years. I mean, I'm not worried about Odell Beckham Jr. being there, not long term. And then, of course a team like the Seattle Seahawks where he could be that third wide receiver with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf with Geno Smith. I mean, you look after those three, there's not a whole lot of depth on that Seattle Seahawks offense, as far as on that depth chart and what is concerned. I think it's like D Eskridge is there. Maybe Freddie. I don't even know if Freddie Swain's still there. (laughs) I don't think so. It's pretty, it's pretty,
1: pretty slim there. Pretty slim for sure. All right. I'm going to do a little um, class mashup for you. Where would you put him in last year's class? So Drake London, and Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, John Doxon, Christian Watson. Where does he fit in? This is this Ooh. is this is almost a consensus wide receiver two in 2023. Maybe not consensus. Like you said, there might be three or four guys in this group, but he's the best of the best. And I just rattled off seven names from last year's class. Where does he fit in approximately?
0: I'm looking at that class right now and I'm like, Garrett Wilson's ahead of him. Drake London's ahead of him. I probably even have Jameson Williams ahead of him right now. Gotcha. So, Chris Olave, I really like what Jahan Dotson did last season. Now, in hindsight, now, if I'm looking at Jahan Dotson versus him coming out of college, I may have given Addison the slight edge, but now, after seeing what Dotson can do, mm-hmm. I'd probably give Dotson the edge there. So, I mean, right. last year's class was That's... good. We haven't even got a chance to see John Meachie there, who I probably would have had ahead of him as well because wow, of what he okay. did in Alabama. So, yep. I mean, he's probably in that six, seven, eight range based on last year's class. The so last year's class, you're you're looking at ten deep, right? You mentioned yeah. Wilson. You mentioned Williams, London, Alabi, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dodson, George Pickens, John Mici, who we haven't had a chance to see in the pros yet, mm-hmm. Sky Moore, Christian Watson. <laughs> that's a pretty decent class as far it as really that's is. going. But I can definitely see him. You could probably argue him somewhere in that. Wendell Robinson, we only talked about him there, right? So uh, I'm looking at that class. I'd probably have him in that five, six, seven range, depending okay. on the mood I'm feeling at that time.
1: Yep, Yeah. And I think that's fair. You know, I think, I think that's why I do these questions in the profiles because, you know, you have to compare them to the previous class to like truly understand, like kind of where they rank for you, because like Jordan Addison in in, in a single QB league is going to be like a 104 or a 105 pick, you know, and, you're getting the sixth best wide receiver from last year's class. You have to sit there and weigh that and and decide if you want to get multiple picks and get a couple of these guys later on in the draft or or what. I'm I am a fan of Addison uh, just because I'm a huge fan of of technicians at the college level and if they can do that um with solid college competition i tend to i tend to lean that way but his size does concern me that's why i wanted to address it with you tonight before we move on to the last two questions that aren't about jordan addison is there anything we missed that you wanted to point out
0: no i think we kind of covered just about everything there i mean At the end of the day, you look at that production profile. We kind of talked about all those numbers. In 35 career games in college, 219 receptions, 3,134 yards. That works out to about 14.3 yards per reception, 29 touchdowns in those three seasons. So you're getting a double-digit per season touchdown guy there in Addison. I mean, you can't argue production at the end of the day. I mean, there's going to be – we're talking ACC. We're talking Pac-12. We're not talking about the Mid-Atlantic Conference or anything like that. So he's – produced against decent competition From what i've seen his effort on the field it's going to be matched off the field and him working on these other things that we are knocking him for right now
1: i love it i love it let's get you these last two questions and then get you out of here matt who is your guy in this year's draft who are you hanging your hat on
0: uh you know me i like to hang my hat in all kinds of weird places when it comes to the draft um <laughs> I'm a big, big Tajay Spears guy. I mean, he's been one nice. of my guys from the get-go. I watched him a lot in Tulane. I love that explosiveness. And I've come on here the, on the show before in years past and touted guys like Elijah Mitchell before they even did what they did. Remember yeah. that? We yep. talked about Elijah Mitchell, the Raging Cajun profile. Absolutely. And I, I feel a lot of that, what I talked about there, with Tajay Spears, a guy who hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot as far as mainstream is concerned. His production there at Tulane has been fantastic. He is one of the guys at the running back position that I absolutely want to get everywhere, and Hendon Hooker is another one of those guys at the, mm, uh, the quarterback position. Love it. I got him as my fourth quarterback ahead of Will Levis because I can't trust a guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. I will not. <laughs> no, it's it's not happening. So I, I like the I like Hendon Hooker a little bit more. And then if you move over to like the wide receivers, obviously you know Addison is going to be one of my guys. I love all these uh, wide receivers that we're talking about at the top of the draft. But when you go down, I mean, Marvin Mims is a guy from Mm. Oklahoma that I don't think is getting the credit that he necessarily deserves. We're hearing guys recently, like Jonathan Mingo, get a lot of hype and you know what? Maybe he's going to be the guy. Maybe he's not. I got Mingo right in that same range. I mean, I've been moving him up slowly at my boards. I'm not sold on here. And I, when we talk about guys, Cedric Tillman's another guy that we're hearing a lot of hype recently as we're getting closer, and closer to the draft, a guy who could possibly slide into the first round there, pick 30, pick 31, depending on how you're looking at it. The reason why we talked about this on the show, it's not a very good class. It's got some quantity. It's got some quality. But when you look at the RAS scoring, everything that goes across the board this season, the numbers are down a little bit more. There's so many more prospects. Brings those numbers back down a little bit. And you look at these guys and you know, someone loves Xavier Hutchinson and somebody absolutely hates him. Somebody (laughs) loves Tyler Scott. Another person absolutely hates him. A.T. Perry is another polarizing wide receiver out of Wake Forest. I love A.T. Perry. Some other people think I'm crazy for going with a Demon Deacon there as a wide receiver that I like. So it's such an interesting class from the top down. There's going to be so many different takes across, and it's hard to say. You're right, you're wrong. Keyshawn Butte is another one of those guys who once had a very high profile. People talked very highly of him, and then all of a sudden, he just sucked. How do you just suck all of a sudden, right? You don't just lose it. So there's some questions here that, hey, Butte may be one of those guys that in two, three years, like, oh, man, yeah, we may have missed missed understood that one a little bit. Maybe we, uh, yeah, we were talking out of our ass here. So I mean, it's a very interesting class, but those are some of those guys. I, I like A.T. Perry, uh, Ty, uh, Ty Spears there. These are guys I absolutely really enjoy watching, at least their film.
1: Yeah, Spears had a uh, a great senior bowl, so he really popped there. All right, one guy, you won't touch because everyone's just going to overdraft them.
0: Well, one guy I'm not going to be able to touch is Bijan Robinson, because I'm not going to be yeah. able to afford him in any draft. <laughs> Let's, I don't have true. a 101 anywhere I'm at. And quite frankly, I'm not willing to pay up to get yeah. right? We talked about, hey, I'll trade. I don't know if I want to trade anything right now to move up, unless i got a good player lined up. But um, guys, I'm probably not touching. I mean, Will Levis is going to be a guy I'm not touching. I, I don't want anything to do with him. Um, but other than that, like I said, there's – yeah, the class isn't good enough for me not to like somebody you know right, what i mean i got it there's not that guy that i'm feeling is super overhyped that i'm not going to be able to get a hold of because i i don't have these feelings of yeah that's a guy i definitely want to get that's a guy that i have to have on my roster but if i'd have to say it'd be probably will levis at the quarterback position it's probably that one guy that's probably getting a little bit more hype going to get drafted in the first round this year then i'm like eh, you know what i'm gonna put off on this here a little bit.
1: (laughs) He's a popular one, Matt. Thank you so very much. I could not have done this show without you. Please tell everyone where they can find you, your content, anything else you have coming up that you want to promote.
0: Yeah. You can go first off, head over to the dynasty Vipers YouTube network right there. Uh, type in Dynasty Vipers on YouTube. It'll pop up in the search. Big old snakehead. Hit that button. Hit that subscribe <laughs> button. We are dropping content. We're dropping shorts. I mean, everything and anything you can imagine. New content almost coming on there daily. So far this season, we've been able to get Lisa Ann on the show, Mike Dempsey, Dwayne McFarlane, Matt Deutsch here from the Better Sports Network, and then this week, we are dropping the one and only Mike Florio from the NFL Network. So yeah, you know what? It's nice to have a little bit of dirt on some people here to make things happen, but they, they continue to come to the show, and we haven't been blocked on Twitter yet by any of these people, so obviously they enjoy coming on. Whether it's against their will or not, they still have a good time, one way or the other. Each and every day. You don't even have to like what I'm doing. Just hit the subscribe. It makes me feel better as a person about it, right? I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. Uh, you can catch some of my work over on fantasypoints.com there. I do some work on their YouTube channel as well. And then, of course, on Twitter, at Matt Donnelly, if you're looking for bad takes, I got you covered with those as well.
1: <laughs> Thanks again, Matt, and thank you, our listeners, for allowing us to hit your ears. This is the Rookie Fever Podcast. Please do not forget to rate and review, and do not forget to be awesome.
0: When you kiss me, when you hold me in
1: the morning.
0: up the You all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting? It's never done this stupid throw and run I you anyone's size be just Just the ending spot Not ideal Wait, which is breakout age full? rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same when
1: he pulled his arms around her it's a said, Julie, baby, yo my flame.
0: Now give a fever When we kiss it, fever without and you Fever, I'm a fire Fever, yeah, I burn for
1: So who's got the fever? Cause I got the fever Now you got the fever So she got the fever And he got the fever No cure for the fever So let's beat the fever Thank God for the fever Thank God for the fever, fever.
0: Be ben- like what a lovely way to lie to you, I'm to you, got the fever going